You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet, coming to you from Greeley, Colorado, for episode... 262. I had to check. It's getting up there. Today is November 26, 2021, the day after Thanksgiving. And I presume that you all ate plenty of good, fattening, sweet, savory, delicious food. And I want to start off this episode talking a little bit about our Thanksgiving, and then I want to transition, since yesterday's episode was more specifically about Thanksgiving, more generally, I guess you could say, about Thanksgiving in general. I want to talk about 15 years of marriage plus one day, because yesterday was our 15th anniversary, Lauren's and mine. But first off, our Thanksgiving. Ever since Lauren and I got married, we have been the hosts on the holidays. Or I should say, since very early on in our marriage, we have been the hosts. We started having children. Lauren was kind of the preeminent factor. And once we had children, we were by a good way, a good ways, by a good margin, the first of our siblings, my younger brother, Lauren's two brothers, and her sister, the first to have any children. As such, us having the children, especially young children, everyone else, all of our siblings being either still in high school or then early 20s, kind of being all over the place, we were the ones who were the most set up to have children. So it wasn't as though we were going over to somebody else's house and they've got children too and there's things to play with. And If the kid gets grumpy, you can lay them down for a nap in someone else's pack and play or crib or whatever. And you don't really want to lug around a pack and play if you don't have to. That gets to be kind of exhausting. So we would end up being the focal point or the the host. Christmas, Thanksgiving in particular, New Year's on occasion. And so early on, that became the mode. And if it's on my side of the family, my side of the family is coming over. Well, my parents are divorced, and so it's not like we're going over to my parents' house for Thanksgiving. And I am uh, not entirely estranged from my mother, but uh, for a good bit of Lauren's and my marriage, I've been estranged from my mother. And so we weren't typically, with very few exceptions, we weren't typically going to be spending Thanksgiving or Christmas or holidays with uh 
her. But my dad, typically, it was either going to be him coming over or uh, on occasion we went to aunts and uncles places early, early in our marriage. If memory serves, we went down to Florida for one of Lauren's and my first holidays. I think it was Christmas. Went down for a big family get-together there. And then a few years in, we spent a few holidays down in Tennessee when that family that had lived down in Florida moved their business to Tennessee, to the Nashville area. But locally, Lauren's side of the family, they would come over. Her siblings, her parents, they would come over. My dad would be there. My brother would be there. And that became the tradition. And so now that we find ourselves here in Greeley, Colorado, my brother lives in Milliken with his wife and their son. My dad lives here in Evans. We have them over. When we were up in Montana, we would have my brother-in-law Chris over. Maybe some friends, depending on who's got what going on. Maybe occasionally some cousins. But yesterday, we had my brother, his family, my dad, everybody over. And my brother and my sister-in-law, they ended up smoking the turkey. Lauren made a good selection of uh, side dishes, several pies. My sister-in-law made side dishes and some pies. And most of our day, the early part of the day, was just getting things cleaned up, getting ready, getting the food made. And then afternoon into the evening, we have family over, conversation, catching up. The boys especially wanted to show Uncle Bryce and Grandpa the new computer we had just built. Lauren and Alyssa had some conversation. Kiddos played. My nephew Caden hanging out with my second to youngest born son, Enoch. They're just about the same age. Enoch's a little bit older. He's almost six. Caden turned five not terribly long ago. But they get along great. Jumping on the trampoline, playing Paw Patrol, playing tag, hide-and-go-seek. Jumping on Lauren's in my bed. Apparently, didn't realize that until after everybody left, went upstairs. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> there was laundry here. We'll get that all sorted again. Get the pillows back in place. But the food was really good. Conversation about work and about the future and about a little bit of politics, not a whole lot of politics. My sister-in-law and I, we've typically not agreed on politics. I know a lot of people have similar sorts of dynamics in their extended family. We don't always agree on politics. So we typically, on a holiday, on a get-together, don't really get into politics too much. But we talked about what's going on, the future Self-driving cars and automation and web 
3.0, internet 3.0, cryptocurrency, and what's China doing, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's amazing to me, especially with 15 years of marriage, that mile marker, that landmark, looking back on Lauren's and my family life, our immediate family, her and me and the kids, extended family. Yesterday being so occupied with getting food ready, getting the house clean, and then hosting, and then trying to digest food, trying to work up the energy after eating all this food to then clean up, get kiddos to bed, get ourselves to bed. It was an early bedtime for us, for sure. We were just wiped out. Our 15-year anniversary started with happy Thanksgiving, happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you for being married to me for 15 years. I love you. And then as the day goes on, you just, you're so busy tending to everything, trying to make sure everybody's taken care of, everybody's moving in the same direction, or at least if they need to be moving, they're moving in the right direction, if not the same direction. And the bigger the family gets, of course, the more of that there is. And at a certain point, you can feel a little bit lost in the shuffle. I think Lauren gets to feeling that way sometimes. I get to feeling that way sometimes, especially as we become or have become a long, long time ago, we became kind of the nucleus of sorts for whatever family was close by. Having the largest family in terms of having the most kids, we became kind of the ones to plan around or to coordinate. And it's such a funny thing. And I don't say this at all to cast aspersions or, you know, it's not a complaint. It's just an observation based on the way that the dynamic was when Lauren and I got married as young as we were, 20 years old for me, 19 and a half for Lauren. I found myself thinking yesterday as I looked at this picture Lauren pulled out from our wedding day, the reception dinner after the ceremony, we're downstairs, very much the center of attention, and people are giving us gifts and toasting us, and my little brother was the best man, and Lauren's little sister was the maid of honor. You have your ceremony, and you have this feature, and then the cleanup and uh, moving on. And honestly, this trip that we took, Lauren and I, to get away for three days and two nights, a cabin in the mountains, just the two of us, it was so nice. It was so different than what we've grown accustomed to. We've grown accustomed to being the nucleus. Lauren's mom 
fairly early in our marriage, had a diagnosis of diabetes and all kinds of attendant health problems that came along with that. So even though Lauren's parents were married, Lauren's mother was not really the coordinator. Lauren's dad isn't really that way. He's so laid back, so easygoing that he's not necessarily going to jump up and say, okay, guys, here's what we're doing, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and then we're going to go over here, and then here's the plan. My dad is thinking on the macro, which is good. We need people thinking on the macro. But sometimes when you have people thinking on the macro, you've got to have other people working out the details. So it fell to Lauren and I to look to the details. And three days away, just the two of us to focus on, hey, what do we want to do, right? Not what do these folks need us to do, not what do these folks want us to do, not how is this going to strike so-and-so, and are they going to like that, and we need to be giving these people marching orders, none of that. Nope, nope, nope. Just... Us. A word of advice to any of you young folks, because I know, uh, what is it, a quarter? I think that's what the metrics on Spotify tell me. I think a quarter of my audience is teenagers. Maybe it's 20%. Yeah, I guess 0 to 17, 19% of my audience. So a fifth, one in five of my listens is from teenagers. Listen up, young bucks. I assume all young bucks. No young does. (laughs) When you're married, if the good Lord gives you a wife, and the scriptures say, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, make sure you are regularly getting time to just be with your spouse. That's a really good thing to do. I think early in Lauren's and my marriage, we were just so clumsy about it. We didn't know. We didn't know what we were doing. We were just figuring it out, trying to figure it out. My parents' marriage obviously was not something we wanted to emulate. So keep looking. As I said, Lauren's mom had that diagnosis of diabetes and then domino effect health issues that stemmed from that. So we weren't looking at Lauren's parents and saying, ah, they're, you know, they've got it figured out and we'll just do what they do. Look to them to provide structure for holidays and birthdays and get-togethers and things like that. But as we got further into our marriage, especially once we moved to Montana and I got into a better job situation that was stabilized, our household budget, our cash flow, our ins and our outs and debits and credits, all that got a lot healthier. Well, then we started working in date nights, maybe once a month, 
every few weeks. And that was really good. And it took us too long to get to that point. I think we were halfway through our marriage before we started really intentionally trying to make regular time to get away for dates, dinner. That's all. Didn't need a whole lot. Just let's go to dinner. Just the two of us. Uninterrupted conversation. No one else pulling us, either one of us, both of us in different directions. Just the two of us. Let's get out and let's make sure we remember how to be us, how to have conversation. You young folks, and you don't necessarily have to be zero to 17, like Spotify tells me here in that age category. You could be 18 to 22. You could be 23 to 27. You could be 28 to 34. I mean, between those four age groups, what is it, 34, 42, 45, 64%. So nearly two-thirds of my audience is younger than I am. You don't have to be any certain age to be single, thinking about, hoping for, praying for marriage someday. For that matter, you can be married and have been married for some time, as we were, for probably half our marriage, the first half of our marriage, and not be making enough of an effort to get away just the two of you. So I guess whatever age you are, whatever circumstance, unmarried, married, whatever, with regards to marriage, make sure you are getting time away, just the two of you, just you and your spouse, to figure out how you have a conversation that's uninterrupted, how you let that other person see you and be comfortable with that. Because here's the thing, here's the the double-edged hazard in just go, go, going all the time. On the one hand, you don't pay enough attention and you don't get accustomed to paying enough attention to the other person. In my case, my wife, Lauren, I didn't get enough practice early on in our marriage, just paying attention to her. And this isn't a question of how much time we spent together. We spent lots and lots of time, especially when I worked from home early in our marriage and with the job market in Southern Ohio being such as it was, sometimes between jobs, I was unemployed for two, three months because there just weren't jobs. There weren't places hiring people with no experience who didn't have a bachelor's degree or a master's degree. We spent plenty of time together. That's not enough. What is the nature of the time you spend together? By that measure, I wasn't developing and practicing enough just talking with my wife. Uninterrupted conversation, paying attention to her. But the flip side that I didn't expect when we started trying to regularly make time to go on dates together, the flip side I didn't expect was that I didn't develop a comfortability with her paying attention to me. All of a sudden, you know, hey, it's just the two of us. I have my wife's undivided attention. What do I do with that? Does that make me anxious and nervous? 
you know, you, you end up feeling like you're an awkward teenager again all of a sudden. You don't have kids to wipe noses for and change diapers for and pull down off of furniture that they shouldn't be climbing on and turn on a movie for and mediate a fight and a dispute for. And all of a sudden, you have your spouse's undivided attention. And what do you do with it? Make sure you are setting aside time and you are learning how to not only pay undivided attention to your wife, men, but maybe as importantly, make sure you're developing an ability to have her undivided attention and to know what to do with it and to be comfortable with her actually like really hearing what it is that you're saying, really seeing you. That can be such a terrifying feeling because when you've got kids to divert attention away, you can hide in that. And I think some couples do as they are married for longer and longer. They make themselves busier than they have any reason to because they're hiding in the busyness. It's like a smoke screen. I don't want you to see who I am because I'm not sure you're going to love me if you see me. I don't feel very lovable. I don't feel like I'm as handsome as I used to be or as energetic as I used to be or as sharp as I used to be or as confident as I used to be. I don't want you to see me right now because I'm afraid you're not going to love me anymore. I'm afraid you're not going to respect me anymore. But for exactly that reason, young men in particular, because I know that my audience is very lopsidedly male. It's like 81% male. For that very reason, you young bucks need your wife to see you for who you are. And I'm not talking about... You know, grab your uh, blankie and suck on your thumb. Sit there rocking back and forth on the sofa, talking about your feelings all day. No, no. I mean, be you. Are you comfortable with who you are? Are you living with your wife in an understanding way? That can be a really challenging question because we don't, not a one of us do that perfectly, but it takes courage. It takes courage to face that question, to really ask that question honestly and hear the answer and then grapple with the consequences. Saying I forgive you can be a challenge. Saying I'm sorry can sometimes be an even harder challenge. You know what? I really messed up there. I didn't handle that well. I am sorry for how that affected you. Now, I think in Lauren's and my case, we haven't made ourselves busy to try and hide. But I think to some extent, we've allowed over the years, and we've gotten better at this, but we've allowed ourselves to be slaves to what everyone else needed from us. 
And that's not so good. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. So by all means, serve your extended family. Love your extended family. But your first responsibility, your first loyalty is to your spouse. To protect them, to watch over them. And I'm not saying it's all one or the other. It wasn't early in our marriage. It wasn't like there were no boundaries. Sometimes they were hard to establish because you say, hey, you know what? This is our space. This is our time. This is our call. Everybody has that. Every young married couple has that. Hey, my mom doesn't like the name we picked out for this boy we're having. What do I tell her? Uh, tell her, okay. <laughs> cool story. I don't know. Hey, so-and-so is not being very helpful. Okay, well, let's address that. Or let's just create some space. Maybe we just do this holiday by ourselves. Or maybe we just do it differently. We set this up differently. And this isn't at all to say yesterday's holiday, yesterday's Thanksgiving was untoward at all. It was a, it was a pleasant time. It was tiring. But it was, it was a good time. I'm glad my dad, my brother, sister-in-law nephew came over. But I think it's important to figure out how and why we do things the way that we do them and to be really intentional about it. It is a biblical thing to live with your wife in an understanding way. And that means you are paying attention to her. You can't understand somebody you don't pay any attention to. You can't live with the idea and the concept of your wife in an understanding way. That's not what the scripture says. It says live with your wife. You got to know her. You got to understand her. You know, one of the things, if I just take this picture from Lauren's in my wedding day, for example, one of the things I notice immediately is that I look so young. I look young and like a babe in the woods, quite frankly. I had this weird thing I was doing with my facial hair that I thought looked cool at the time. I don't know why I thought that. It didn't look cool. I'll probably be saying the same thing 15 years into the future. Why did I think that was a good look? Ugh. But I look young. I look young, and I was. But one of the things I like, even though I kind of grimace at how naive or innocent I appeared in that snapshot, one of the things I like looking back on that I feel proud of, relieved to see, is I see me with my arm around my newly wedded wife, pulling her close, protectively. You are mine. And I'm looking up and I'm looking out over 
this room of family and friends and some people who I know for a fact had tried to talk her into not marrying me and other folks who were very happy for us and other people who had been very encouraging and very supportive. And I'm looking out and I'm letting them know with a look on my face, I got this. 15 years on, I take my wife three days, two nights, get away in the mountains near Colorado Springs. I honestly wonder how many of the folks who either were critical or they were encouraging early on thought we would make it. Obviously, the people who were critical didn't think we were going to make it so well as this. The folks who were encouraging, I presume they had high hopes. Otherwise, why would they be encouraging? But 15 years on, eight children, seven with an eighth on the way. It's always hard to know what to do with one on the way, do. Andrew is definitely a child. So we'll just say eight. But 15 years on, Lauren and I got to talking last night about our wedding day and talking with my brother, my sister-in-law, my dad about how that all went down and the pastor who officiated our ceremony Jay Lucas from Washington Courthouse, Ohio. The role he had played and kind of things he had suggested and how supportive he had been and encouraging. He did the premarital counseling with us. and It was really good and helpful. The flowers, Mark and Lori Flower, how encouraging they were early in Lauren's and my relationship when we were thinking about getting married and looking for advice, looking for encouragement, looking for some direction, wanting to do it right, but not knowing how. We don't know what we're doing. You guys look like you know what you're doing. Can we talk with you? (laughs) We've got a few questions. So here's what we're thinking. We're thinking when the scripture says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, that, uh, That's what it means. And we're thinking that when the Apostle Paul writes in the New Testament that it is better to marry than it is to burn with lust. When it says in Proverbs that hope deferred makes the heart sick, we're thinking we are who the good Lord has for one another. And so why beat around the bush? Why wait? Why put it off we're we're thinking we want to get married and I'll never forget they're very enthusiastic very cheerful but also very honest feedback that's great that's fantastic we think that's wonderful carrot we would recommend you read and study and contemplate these passages that talk to the role of the husband, the responsibility of a husband, 
for his wife, for his family, before the Lord. Lauren, we would recommend you read these passages which talk to the role and the responsibility of a wife according to God's word. Just so you know, it's not always good times. It's not always victory and success and happiness and joy and things working out like you want them to. But marriage is a great thing. And that's fantastic that you two want to get married. And we're very happy to hear it. And can we pray with you? And can we recommend that you guys pray with one another regularly? And so Lauren texted Lori Flower yesterday to say, we were just thinking of you guys, talking about you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for the encouragement that you gave us way back when. And honestly, to be just 100% real with you, I think about what a shot in the arm, what a boost that was for that older couple, more experienced couple, down the road a ways, big homeschooling family, lots going on, obviously so clearly loved one another deeply, genuinely. For that older couple to give us a little bit of encouragement right then made such a huge difference. To know they were in our corner, to know they were rooting for us on the sidelines made such a difference. And that, quite frankly, is part of what Lauren and I want to provide with our own example. We'd like for our marriage to be such that when some young 19-year-old couple are thinking about getting married, they don't know quite what they're doing, they're just trying to figure it out, and not everything was all figured out in either of their homes of origin, their parents were scratching their heads about what to do with their own marriage, their own household. Lauren and I would love to be able to come alongside and encourage some young couple and say, that's great. Can we pray with you? Can we recommend you read these passages, these scriptures? But so also, I look at 15 years of marriage and I think ups, downs, highs, lows, setbacks, unexpected wins, windfalls. What a beautiful thing God has done. Yeah, I scrolled through my Instagram yesterday all the way back to when I very first created my Instagram account when I moved back to eastern Montana, April of 2012. I scrolled back through all these pictures coming out there five years into Lawrence and my marriage and some change. Four kiddos, four boys looking for something better to do for a living. Just desperate to break out to get my family some space, quite honestly. To get us some space to be just us. Just Lauren and me and our kids. Let's be us. 
get away from drama, get away from everyone else needing us so much. We need us, and we need us to be an intact family unit that functions internally. If we're going to be reliable, dependable, a use at all, instead of a burden to those around us in our lives, we need to break out, think outside the box. And I'm scrolling back through and I'm looking at all of these little snapshots. Oh man, yeah, I remember when she was that small, our daughter Evelyn. I remember when our son did that. I remember when we lived there. I remember when we went to such and such a place. And as I'm thinking back through it, and I'm looking back over it, and I'm looking at this picture from Lauren's and my wedding day, 15 years, and I'm looking at this, just kind of scrolling through, and obviously you got to take Instagram with a grain of salt because you don't necessarily put your worst moments on Instagram, typically. You put your best foot forward, most of us do. But I'm scrolling back through it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, what a beautiful thing God has done here. Lori Flower ended up texting Lauren back and saying, thank you so much. You just made my Thanksgiving. Apparently, Mark Flower's father's in hospice right now. And so they've been with him. They're away from their children this Thanksgiving, yesterday. And Lauren's text message ended up encouraging her and encouraging them, which is very sweet. I have half a mind to reach out to Jay Lucas, the pastor who officiated our ceremony, our wedding day, gave us premarital counseling, and just let him know, hey, thank you. 15 years in, here's where we're at, here's what we're doing. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your guidance early on. Thank you for the influence you had early on. And quite frankly, one of the things that Lauren and I talk about, and I mean no disrespect to my in-laws or to my extended family, but boy howdy, when our kids grow up, Lauren and I want to be the house that our kids can bring their families to on Thanksgiving. I don't know how everybody's going to fit, especially once our kids start having kids. We're going to need some space. We got, we got a minute. <laughs> We've got time. Fifteen years on, I think we're doing a lot better than most folks maybe expected us to. Fifteen years into the future from here, only God knows where we'll be. I aim to get us a big, big house with lots of room to spread out. Lots of room for everybody to come on Thanksgiving, Christmas, birthdays, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, rather. But we're looking forward to being the house that our kids come to, where mom's got dinner planned, dad's got conversation with grandkids, kiddos, 
daughters-in-law, son-in-law figured out, hey guys, let's chat, let's catch up. No, you don't have to worry about getting everything ready for us to come over to your house. Come over to our house, if you want to, unless you guys need some space. Unless you want to just do Thanksgiving yourselves this year. Anybody who wants to can come over to our house for Thanksgiving. You're welcome. You can stop in for a little bit, grab a piece of pecan pie. But of course, it takes work to get there. So we're doing that work by God's grace. 15 years of marriage thus far in another 15 Here's a crazy thought. My second youngest son, born, will be older than Lauren and I were when we got married. Our youngest born son, John, will be a little younger than Lauren was when we got married. 15 years on, all of our children will be legal adults with the exception of Andrew. Andrew will be 14 and some change. Crazy thought. We got to think long-term. You got to think long-term about what the good Lord has in mind to do. Coming off of Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving doesn't need to be a day. Thanksgiving needs to be a state of mind, a way of life. I'm going to leave it there, though. We are still recovering from all of the very rich, fatty, delicious foods that we ate yesterday. I think all of my family is asleep soundly. Hopefully they don't wake up with stomach aches. My daughter ate entirely too much pie. We should have caught her earlier than we did. She was feeling sick to her stomach last night. But I think we're going to just take it easy today. Eat leftovers, obviously. Hang out. Just be us. And thank God for that. Thank God for extended family coming over. And thank God for just being us when everybody goes home. The Lord is good. And he promises good things to those who love him and are called according to his purpose, who trust in him, who wait on him, who acknowledge him in all their ways. So that's our plan. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com.